Whenever we gain a big understanding of our why, then that gives us, that empowers us to be able to make a different choice out of that cycle that's happening inside of us. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist, and I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years, and we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. So welcome back to another episode of the Tangible Truths Podcast. I am Carrie, hanging out with Susan today. Hello. And we have a special guest today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. We've been talking about anxiety the last few weeks, and we decided to invite one of our colleagues to join us to that talk we about love. anxiety. And so Susan, can you introduce our special guest today? I would love to. Brooke Smith. I love Brooke Smith. Hi, Brooke. Hi. We are so excited to have you with us today. I am honored to be here with y'all. Brooke is one of the best therapists in Northwest Arkansas is what I think. That is actually true. Oh, I would attest goodness. to that as well. I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Brooke is a therapist at Fresh Roots uh, Family Counseling in Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been doing therapy for at least 10 years. We were trying to crunch numbers earlier. So close to around there. Yeah. Around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and work with both couples and individuals. Mm-hmm. And we just love your heart and the way you help people. Yes. I just love helping people and sitting in that intimate space with them. And this is wonderful. I love sitting here and get to talk about anxiety. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. Every day, all day, basically. Yeah. Because uh, anxiety is just kind of interwoven in all the conversations in and out of therapy, mm-hmm. quite frankly, in mm-hmm. all of our lives. So, Carrie? Yeah. What's our first question? Well, I was just thinking one of the things that we've been talking about the last few weeks is that everybody has anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering from your perspective, not as a therapist, but just as a woman who's a mom, a wife, a business person, like how has anxiety played a role in your life? Oh, it's there every day, all the time, right? And and I say that to say in the most normal sense, it's there. And then also there have been times in my life whenever it is more prevalent Mm -hmm. because of whatever I'm experiencing in that moment. And so even getting up this morning and getting ready to come here and chat with you guys, I sensed a little bit of anxiety in my body and it was just a little fluttering. And I was like, okay, is this anxiety going to take over for Mm -hmm. me or is this just a normal sense of anxiety? And I was able to go through and go, this is normal. You know, it's just, I'm excited to be here kind of anxiety. And also I just want to be really clear with my words and make sure that what I say is helpful for people. And doesn't cause any harm. That's a good sense of anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? That just tells me how important it is to me that I'm here this morning. Yeah. I love that you took a minute to check in Mm -hmm. and say, is this normal anxiety or not? And that's one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is is. we need to embrace that good anxiety. And the only Mm -hmm. way we can do that is to check in with what is my body telling me right now? Yes. What we had talked about uh, earlier is exactly what you just mentioned, because like when I speak a lot or if I'm prepping to do something in front of a group of people, I have this very same anxiety, Brooke, that helps me prep. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps me. Okay. Okay. I can do this. This is, this is good. Uh, instead of paralyzing me, yes. like I can't go out there 
Oh, they're going to hate me. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know. You know, that's the other kind of anxiety that will keep you from actually doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if you had no anxiety about it. What would that be like? It would be so like, I don't care. Yeah. It would be more apathy. Yes. You know, than anything. Right. And then who's going to want to show up and listen to a speaker who doesn't care about the talk they're giving? That's right. Right. That would be awful. Mm -hmm. And no one would tune in. We wouldn't be in season two right now. (laughs) We wouldn't. Well, and none of us would have a job right now because we wouldn't have passed any of the tests that we took in school. We Mm -hmm. wouldn't have put effort into the papers we wrote. We wouldn't have showed up and made good presentations in your class. And our professors would have went, yeah, I don't think you deserve to have a degree. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Anxiety gives us energy behind Mm -hmm. the thing that we're aiming to do. Yeah. I love that. So one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about is sometimes that energy can become so overwhelming and so long lasting that instead of propelling us to do the thing that we want to do, it cripples us and we lose the ability to function. And I know so many people have been in that position, whether it's a seasonal kind of during this circumstance, I feel like I'm paralyzed with my anxiety or, you know, people who are like diagnosed with something like generalized anxiety disorder, that can be Mm -hmm. a daily occurrence. Yes. And there might come a point in our lives where we're like, I can't handle this on my own. I need help. Mm -hmm. So if a client were to walk into your office under that situation, kind of where would you start with them? I think that I would start trying to understand where the anxiety began. Mm -hmm. At what point in your life did anxiety start to seem like it started to take over? Right. And usually anxiety like that, it's a lot of times not because of one specific event. It can be Mm -hmm. right. That's where we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. But it can also be a series of events in our life that have taught us. I have no other way of dealing with Mm -hmm. this sense in my body. Mm -hmm. And so I want to work with that client to understand how did you get to this place? What things in life have taught you that you have no other option of how to deal with this anxiety so that it's a good anxiety, right? It gives me good energy behind what I want to accomplish or that it tells me this thing is really important. Mm -hmm. Where did it get skewed into a very fearful factor that paralyzes me or makes me mm-hmm. rev up too much? Yeah. Right? Almost to get to that hyper state. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of it just comes from understanding and curiosity at first, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And family of origin. Yes. A lot of who was anxious in your family. Mm-hmm. You know, family of origin. Because we we tend to pick up those traits. Oh, we like do. if mom was anxious, yes. then kids tend to be more anxious. Patterns just you really peel in that onion is the way I like to look at it mm-hmm. in therapy. We do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And boy, a lot is revealed. That picture gets painted mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. How you responded to everyone in your family. And it all makes sense. Everything always makes sense when you sit with somebody long enough. Exactly. And I think that's what Brooke is is revealing to us. I've always thought, and this is, you know, you guys have lots of years of experience sitting in rooms with people. And I am just beginning this journey of sitting with people and kind of developing what do I believe about how people grow and change. But one thing, thing I believe that I'd like to bounce off you guys is that in every 
issue that we have where there's a behavioral problem or something that we're like, I don't like this. I want to change this. There's a practical thing that needs to be done, but then there's also this really deep healing work that needs to be done. And we tend to either do one or the other, like give me three steps to cure my anxiety, right? Or, well, I'm anxious because my mom was anxious and it's all her fault. And so I'm kind of curious, especially with you, Brooke, where you, you really do like to dig into, let's find out the why behind it. But yet at the same time, there has to be some, here's some tricks and things that you can do while we're working on this. How do you kind of balance those things with someone? Whenever we gain a big understanding of our why, then that gives us, that empowers us to be able to make a different choice out of that cycle that's happening inside of us. So I have a story for you. Okay. Whenever I was first a therapist in the very beginning, I was invited to come speak at this marital conference and I was nervous as I'll get out, right? Well, as I'm prepping for this conference... I am a nervous ball. And it got to the point that I was paralyzed. I could not write my notes. I couldn't gather my thoughts. And luckily, I have a very sweet husband who was able to come to me and be like, what is going on? Like, this isn't like you. I never see you this kind of anxious on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. And he was just curious with me. And that was the first time anybody had asked me those sorts of questions. Mm. So... In all of my training, my best training has been my own healing. Yeah. And in that moment, I was able to go through and understand, well, I am really anxious about this for a lot of good reasons, right? I want to give people good information. I want to help them heal. Yet at the same time, I'm dealing with my own anxiety over here. And the paralyzing part was I was dealing with lies inside my head Mm -hmm. that I had either been told directly or that I had interpreted as a child and then it had manifested in my professional career. And for me, that lie was you need to be as good as these people that you admire. Mm, Well, I am decades behind these people that have mentored me and taught me I can't be them. And so the truth that I was able to work through in that moment was, Brooke, you just bring forward what you know and what God gives you in these moments. And that's enough. What you are and what you have and what God gives you in this moment is enough. And you don't have to be like anybody else. And I felt my body like just, and I can even feel it right now reflecting on it. I just felt this calm hit my body like, hey, you're okay. And I was able to type out my notes and put my thoughts together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is enough. This is all I need to hand them right now. Yeah. And I'll let the Lord take care of the rest. Mm. I love that. That's beautiful. I was just thinking what we were to, what you had said a few weeks ago about comparison, mm-hmm. wow. right? And how this can get us so caught up and on that anxiety spiral every time, right? Yeah. That's a perfect example of comparison, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting, and your example, I just felt it in my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be as good as fill in the blank mm-hmm. and, and that comparison will just really instigate yeah. the anxious thoughts and the anxious, um, mm-hmm. the anxiety. And that was a beautiful example. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful husband, like what's really going on right. breaks it, yeah. you know, that breaks that what's really going on. And I think sometimes we avoid that question. What's oh, really yes. going on? Because 
to ask that question is opening ourselves up to feel Uh what's really going on. What's really going on. And you just Mm -hmm. said in a very poised and beautiful way, all these lies that were spoken over me Mm -hmm. as a child. Okay, well, that's fine. Now, here you are years later having. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, mm-hmm. what did that feel like for you to remember those lies and to mm-hmm. sit in that? Oh, mm-hmm. it was paralyzing. And I I was just about in tears because I was so scared that I wasn't going to be able to do this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, whenever you asked me, like, what can we also practically do with our anxiety? I noticed there were two big things that happened for me in that moment. One, I was able to process what was happening in my body. But two, I had somebody else who was sitting with me in Mm -hmm. love and compassion and understanding. Yeah. And as I think y'all talked about before in the last podcast is we our bodies do not regulate on their own Mm-mm. very well. Yeah. We were not designed to do that mm-hmm. very well. In fact, we were designed to co-regulate mm-hmm. two or better than one. Mm-hmm. And whether our other is God mm-hmm. or our other is somebody who we feel safe with. Who God is using. Who God is using. Mm-hmm. Right. We regulate well when we're in the presence of others who love us and who are safe to us. Mm -hmm. And I could not have done that on my own. I would have continued to be this anxious ball and trying to just stuff it down. Yeah. You know, that is a, it's just a perfect example of uh, anxiety. It's also a perfect example, which I'm sitting here thinking out loud to our listeners. We need to do a podcast on shame. Because uh, just hearing that uh, narrative, Mm -hmm. I'm just hearing shame. You know, how we tend to allow it's we're shaming ourselves mm-hmm. you know we're sabotaging ourselves we're and and that brings such anxiety mm-hmm. i mean i'm sitting here as brooks telling her story i'm sure you're telling yourself your own mm-hmm. story i was sitting here telling myself well that happened to me right. this is what happened to me yeah. not her story but my story right and i i could name and then monday at work i get a phone call from one of my best friends who said, "You've in all caps, I looked down at my mm-hmm. phone in between sessions, call me on your break. Uh-huh. I, I need your help. And it was just God giving me clarity to tell her, no, you've got to call them back. You've got to speak truth. Right. You have just been shamed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what that meant is someone had spoken a lie. Right. All you do is call back and speak truth. Yeah. You speak truth, but that's a shaming mm-hmm. thing. And so shame here is involved in what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But to recognize that is huge. Well, and also shame grows in secrecy. Oh, man. Does so for happen? Brooke to be able to turn to her husband and mm-hmm. say, here's what's really going on. That's right. And to bring that shame from a secret dark place into the light with another person who you said met you with love and kindness. Yes. Well, that just kind of dissipates. And there goes the shame. Right? And there it goes. There right it goes. The door. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Shame. Bye-bye, shame. And that's what I see happen in my office all the time. You ask me, like, how do I help clients work through this? And it's like, I see that very thing when I sit with clients who are able to voice their shame mm-hmm. in the middle of their anxiety. And they see the kindness and the compassion in my eyes. I just see it shocked them sometimes. Yes, yes. But also comfort. Yeah. Yes. 
And then bye-bye shame. And then bye-bye shame. And then lower, 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 lower anxiety. Exactly. Because carrying all that around causes anxiety. Yes. And then there, like we had mentioned, then you've got an irritable person. Yes. You've got all these things. You're not sleeping at night. Yeah. You've got aches in your body. Mm -hmm. You know, your body responds to that. And I mean, shame does a lot of things. It does. So one of the things that I'm thinking of as you guys are sharing this is the worst possible thing we can do when we're really dealing with anxiety is to isolate. Mm -hmm. And yet so much of anxiety driven behavior causes isolation because it creates friction in relationships. It pushes people away. And a lot of times maybe the source of anxiety is people have been mean to me. I've been rejected. I've been abandoned and that kind of stuff. So, Brooke, I know one thing. If if anybody spends any time with Brooke, you're going to have her ask about safety. Is this person safe? Are you safe? Is your heart safe? How do we find safe people to co-regulate with in our anxiety when maybe we feel like I don't have safe people in my life? How do we even start that process? That is such a good question. For some who look around and they don't find any people in their lives who are safe, going to therapy is a great place to start to one, have a safe place for you to process with somebody else in the room who holds confidentiality. Mm -hmm. That's like the foundation of safety. Right. But then also who makes you feel safe in their in their person. And then we start to find that safety within ourselves. I now carry that story with me Mm -hmm. that I had sitting on that couch with my husband. And I can go into this situation all over again by myself. But yet now my body has a memory Mm. of feeling safe and a sense of healing in that moment. Yeah. And I'm able to regulate on my own, but it's not isolated on my own. It's because I carry that with me. So your safe person might be your therapist who hands you something that you're able to carry out of that office. Mm. Your safe person might be the Lord Mm -hmm. because he is also very real. Mm -hmm. And when you can feel and sense him with you, right? He always says, do not be afraid. You hear that over and over and over again in scripture, but he is not saying it in a shaming way. Mm. Like, do not be afraid, you foolish person, right? But to the person who has walked with the Lord over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. he can say, remember Mm -hmm. who I have been with you. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And to the person who is experiencing something for the first time, he says, you don't need to be afraid. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, one time, was this season one that we talked about the empty chair? Yes. You know, and even putting God in the empty chair and talking to God that way. So for our listeners who may not have a concept of what are you talking about right now? How are we putting God in an empty chair? Well, kind of walk us through that process. What would that be like? Well, like for the listeners right now, I'm looking at Brooke sitting in the chair right across from me. Empty chair would be if the chair were empty, placing someone. And right now, like I said, it's Brooke. But what if Jesus? Right. We're in that empty chair. So to actually visually imagine Jesus walking into the room and sitting down in the chair across from you and and having a face-to-face conversation with him. Conversation relationally. Develop that conversation just as if he's sitting in that chair. Mm -hmm. And so like Brooke was just talking about, who are you regulating with? Right. Is it? Is it your husband? Uh Is it your best friend? Is it your therapist? Or is it Jesus? Yeah. 
And one technique mm-hmm. that therapists have been known to use is empty chair. Empty chair has been best known to be used on family of origin. Who are we going to find healing with? Our father, right. our mother, our brother, our sister, our family of origin. I'm suggesting Jesus in the empty chair. Yeah. And it's a beautiful picture when you think about it. And we could go into the science behind it, but just trust the science yes. is there <laughs> that it's more impactful If you have the two options of saying, okay, like I do this a lot where I'm like, what would Susan tell me to do right now? That's a really great question to ask yourself. What would Susan tell me to do right now? (laughs) You need a wristband. Exactly. But then, but then you could also. That's hilarious. WSD. Oh no, let's don't go there. (laughs) What would Susan tell me to do? (laughs) But to, to shift from just asking myself, what would Susan tell me to do to Closing my eyes for a second and imagining, and I'm almost always in my car, you know, like you're sitting in the passenger seat of my car with me. And I turn to you and I say, Susan, what should I do right now? And imagine what you would say. The science is there that in our brains, that imagination Uh is so much more powerful than just asking ourselves, what would, you know, or just saying, God, what do I do? Or God, are you here with me in this? That's great, but to imagine him sitting on the couch next to you. That visual, in that powerful. And, you know, to imagine what would it feel like to have a physical presence pressed up against your leg and your arm as you turn to him and say, were you with me when that happened? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because our brains create new synapses and new connections when we visualize that kind of stuff. And it really does bring a sense of healing to us when we have those moments. Absolutely. And what you both have talked about, I go, that is actually prayer whenever we talk to the Lord. And this is just a new way of praying, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And instead of it just feeling like he is this ethereal out there God who is not close and near, what we're saying is, God, I am taking in your presence right now. And as if your physical body was right here with me, I want to talk to you. And it's like, instead of going to our shame place where we can go, oh, God would say this or that to me because he wants me to be good or perfect or whatever it is. It's like, I can imagine his eyes, his gaze upon me. And I'm taking in, how does he actually see me, see my anxiety, see my heart in this situation? And what would he actually do with me right now Mm -hmm. if he heard me tell him about what's going on inside of me? Mm -hmm. And that's like, even you saying that, Uh I'm like... I'm feeling this sense of peace and peace. comfort as you're describing that. That is Jesus. Yeah. yeah, that's Jesus. Yeah. And that's something that we can all do wherever we are right now in this moment, you know, and there is something like, obviously, we all believe that therapy is impactful. But the truth is, is that you get an hour, maybe a couple of hours a week with your therapist. And then you have all the other hours of the week Mm -hmm. that you have to figure out how to do life. And this is something that we can do every moment of every day, every time that anxiety comes. And, you know, it makes me think of first Peter five, seven cast all your anxiety Mm -hmm. upon me because I care for you, which is definitely not a verse of passivity. Mm -mm. It's something we do. But we have to intentionally do what we're all three talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just not take my anxiety away. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Take Mm -hmm. my anxiety away. Mm -hmm. 
we, I'm just going to throw it at you. I'm just, yeah, <laughs> catch it. Uh-huh. And it is, it's not a verse of passivity. Yeah. But it's also not a verse of shame. No, mm-hmm. Carrie, we've got some. Okay, we've got gonna, some episodes on shame. We're going to be, and we'll be probably inviting you back. I would love to. Yeah, yeah, on shame. Don't you think? I think there's. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that again we all deal with it. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been oh wonderful, such a great conversation, yes. Brooke. I just love your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you are so compassionate with the people that you sit with, and I think that's what makes you a great therapist. Yes, we love you, Brooke. Thank you. I love y'all. This has been such a pleasure. Five times. Five we times. Love you five times. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.